Good evening and welcome to Editing Aloud, where the panel has heroically ventured in from home to broadcast to you um, on, on what is happening in the midst of the corona crisis. And I have, um, we are equipped, we have space sanitizer. We also have a bottle of hand sanitizer dispensed at Sunlum's results last week as the party pack, as it were. I think that may be one of the last physical annual results presentations we have for quite a while and pretty much everything is going virtual. Um, will we ever go back to actually going anywhere? That is the question. But in the meantime, I have with me a panel, as always, of uh, the heroic, intrepid, thoughtful journalists who have ventured in and we also to talk about <laughs> to talk about as global markets are tanking and the South African economy is kind of pretty much going through the floor. Rob Rose, global markets keep crashing, um, and it's now getting beyond—it's it's way beyond rational at this point. Yeah, the volatility is is insane, and you see that you see that the indexes of, of what this market is being driven by and and the predominant emotion is extreme fear so that's why you see massive crashes you know six percent one day followed by nine percent the next day um, Anglo gold yesterday on the market was 25 percent up I mean that's a quarter of a company's market value an established company like Anglo gold shifting in one day so that that speaks to the wildness and the just the volatility and emotion from the asset managers and the people buying and selling shares you were saying you were saying that that People are sendi- selling bonds as well, which makes no sense because yes. I mean, you should Lucanio, be buying bonds. Yeah. Lucanio? I mean, that is quite, it's quite a scary headline today, basically. Like, I mean, the, f- f- what you've seen so far is that people have been selling stocks. So like safe havens like U.S. Treasuries and German bonds have been going up. Record low yields and negative yields in Germany, as we, since we actually we've had for a number of years. But it seems like as of today, people are actually also selling those safe havens as well. Because so they should be buying bonds because governments are going to mm. have to be exactly. borrowing more and the interest rates they will have to offer to attract mm. investors will be higher. And mm. in fact, you should be buying bonds now. But logically, maybe that might be the case. But I think what's happening now, it looks like you know, people are selling stocks in such, uh, in such unprecedented speeds. That, that fund managers or whoever actually don't have enough cash to actually meet redemption. So they're liquidating so, 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 so They're actually liquidating their bonds now so they can actually get hold of cash so in order, in order to pay back to investors. Or, or, maybe, or maybe, maybe it might be another case. Maybe they might worry that like, you know, like a sea of bond purchases by or sort of bond issuance by government might actually be bad for prices because obviously it puts supply. And then, like, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a scary word. I mean, people are even talking about whether or not it's wise to close markets or not. Which well, which actually, yeah, I mean, what, what, is, there, is there a case for closing markets? I don't think so at all. I mean, it's the same thing like when you trap a company's investors in a company when it's having an issue like Tongart or Steinoff. Steinoff didn't, Tongart did. And then as soon as things reverted again, the share prices, the share prices collapsed. Yeah. So it would be a very bad thing to trap people in this. People need to redeem, redeem money and, and pay it out to the investors. I mean, there obviously is fear. But there are opportunities in that fear, and yeah. so I think for some people, you know, it's not like there's a fundamental issue in terms of the markets. There is certainly a, a demand a demand short a demand issues happening in China, um, but it's a it's a virus. It's not as if the global financial pandemic has happened. It's not as if we've had all banks having bad debts around the world. This is a this is going to be a couple of months of this, um, but it's not fundamentally changed the yeah. characteristics but of the Nick Wilson, I mean, is, is that the case? Because surely as companies start defaulting because they're doing no business, yeah, but You're seeing what Rob was saying, crazy kind of share movements yesterday, like the, the retailers were all up. And of course, we know why. It's because of the panic buying. 
um, on the part of customers around, well, I've certainly seen it around Johannesburg, and I was actually infuriated the, the other day I was trying to get into the Woolworths just to get myself an armlet. Particularly Woolworths. I know, but the, the car park. The yeah, but it was... It <laughs> was, <laughs> was there soccer, there was so, there was yeah. soccer moms everywhere. And um, omelets were nowhere. And toilet paper was not on the shelf. But basically... What happened was yesterday, of course, we had a spike in the share prices, and then now today they're actually now down. So the retail share price. Yeah, because obviously short term, yes, there's going to be obviously a bit of a earnings flip for the for the particularly the grocery retailers and the uh, pharmaceutical ones. But of course, long term, eh, everyone is going to struggle. We we're all in the same boat, and I, I'm from what I'm reading, and I. Um, that I, I, I refer to the Nobel laureate uh, uh, Michael Levitt, I think it is. He, he's been quoted quite widely in the Chinese media. He believes there's like a three-month uh, sort of timeline for this um, uh, pandemic, like in China, for instance, and that we'll start seeing the end of it at the end of March. Now, let's say extrapolate here. Could this be the case in South Africa for the next few months? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I've obviously... I, I, mm, I think we'd be that. lucky to get it in three months. I, I know. And we just don't know what's going to happen with when we're into the winter months. But the truth of the matter is, is that I agree with Rob. I, I think you, 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 if you trap investors, you're just going to have a massive sell-off as soon as you open the markets anyway. So I think you almost have to just ride it out and just... You know, this too shall pass. You know. I, I, actually, I actually spoke yesterday to Henrik yeah. Dutoy of... Uh, now 91, formerly Investec Asset Management, mm. which listed at the most unfortunate moment mm. on Monday yeah. um, and saw its share price tank by, by uh, 40%, which uh, he says is still a success. At least they listed, mm. people traded their share. But he said, yeah, I mean, the way he put it is you can't hold back reality. You know, the, the market, you exactly can't pretend that, that it's not happening by closing the market. Mm. I think exactly like when you could argue, like, I mean, that's, that's what the market's doing. They're supposed to set prices. So they set prices based on what's happening at the moment. So you could argue what's, I mean, even the volatility that mm. we've seen is that actually the market's doing their job. You know, they're, 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 like, they're, they're assessing what's happening out there and, and where things need to be priced. And, and this is where things need to be priced now. So, why, so once you close that, then, then you've got no idea of, of like, Mm. actually knowing what the, what the actual value is. I mean, I mean if you think about when, when was the last time they closed market? Because I think they closed in the U.S., but it was a physical thing after September 11. And I think, like, there was something during the Great Depression when they're trying to put the new legislation like, like, in terms of, like, bank guarantees and, or deposit guarantees. So it's been... No, only I mean, this just those circuit yeah. break, those 15-minute yeah. circuit no, no, breakers to stabilize yeah, trade. Exactly, right? so you've got these things now. So it's, it would be quite a big move to say we're going to close markets. I think it could be quite damaging, as you say. Mm. And philosophically, I think if investors feel like they're trapped in something, it, it sends a bad signal that governments might look to look to close down markets at other times. It's a terrible precedent. Mm -hmm. And I think people will become less trustful of markets in a, in a wider, wider philosophical sense. Of course, Nicholson, Sassol, you've been writing about the market, has certainly done its job at Sassol. Yeah. Tell us what's happened to their share, share well, price I mean, today. Sassol's down, it's down 30 rand, so that gives them a market capitalization of about like 19 billion rand. I it's down 87% this year. It's incredible. So basically, I mean, you, uh, you almost can't fathom that. I mean, how, how, I mean, Sassel's one of the South African champions. And the truth of the matter is, is that unfortunately for Sassel, you know, of course they've got new management and they seem quite like, you know, um, earnest and wanting to like, turn the ship around. They're, they're in a perfect storm. It's like, uh, how do you sail out of this? I mean, this. I mean, it, <laughs> it's just not going to be easy. I know there's talk of asset sales, but of course, it's probably happening at the worst possible time. Like you can even imagine. I mean, it's it's like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. 
And what do you do now? I, mean, I yeah. suppose that's and what happens when you're vulnerable, as Cecil was, even because of Lake Charles. Even what out. they talk about, their last resort, the, the, the rights issue. Um, you know, who's going to want to inject capital now? I mean, that's an important question. I, I mean, think there was a quote from uh, Lisa Stein's story yesterday, like from an analyst, because they were saying they want to raise, I don't know, six billion overall in dollars, and then maybe possibly two billion over mm. asset over on, on uh, tapping sh shareholders. I, I, th I think the quote from one of the analysts was like, you're not even worth $2 billion. <laughs> so yeah. so mm. what you you're giving, you're, you're more than, than the the squad. you're almost yeah. paying yeah. people to take the shares. Yeah. You're giving yeah. them away. Your, your debt at the moment is $10 billion. Yeah. Your market cap is about $2 billion. So even if they were to raise another $2 billion through an equity raise, that's doubling the shares in issue, mm. which fundamentally changes the nature of And also of it, would be a it would be at a major discount even to what it is trading at now. Absolutely. To get any kind of appetite. So it's... Uh, so, I mean, I, I did, I, I spoke to the CEO of Fleetwood Hobler yesterday. What struck me is he seems so calm and he believes that the company's operationally fine, which I think contrasted a lot with some of the analyst views. I mean, the JP Morgan report a few days ago said that, said at the moment, Sassel is high risk and it actually used the words and bankruptcy is actually an option. I mean, they do believe that Sassel could crash. I, I mean, Fleetwood Hobler thinks that the company is is fine, you know, it's got lots of scope. He talks about how they have a billion dollars mm. of liquidity anyway, mm. irrespective of before they even have to issue any shares or, or do anything else. So he feels they're fine. But that's based upon a $25 yeah. um, lowest mm. base case for the oil price. On the, and it's now? Where? Where is well, the oil price now? It's high, it's high, the oil price is around $30. It's around there, I think. I think it went below yeah. 30 yesterday, so it's probably around there. And it's, it's a sort of an indirect coronavirus effect in that, in that it was a, a, a battle that... that between the, the that out. came about mm. because of the need to cut demand, yeah. even need to cut demand. It's not a sort of direct mm. coronavirus. But you talk about coronavirus longer term impacts. Uh, Goldman Sachs said that potentially, in their view, the oil price could hit twenty dollars. If it does that, then Sassel, Sassel's scenarios are, are severely off kilter. But because so is most of the U.S. energy industry, sure. which is all mm. shale. Um, it, that changes the world, but on the other hand, this is going to change the world, is it mm -hmm. not? I mean, Nick, what do you think? Well, I don't know when we're going to come out of this. Well, what are we going to be left with? Is what I like to call pre-Ramaphosa Sunday and post-Ramaphosa Sunday. And I mean, I must say, I, I thought the president handled that uh, superbly. Yeah, and we're going to talk some more about that. I was very impressed yes. by him. I, uh, you know, you, you statement like right through, and I think that we're taking appropriate action. And I mean, compare us to America. <laughs> we, we, we street say it of them. So I'm just saying, but having said that, last week when I was doing a Sassel story, you know, the, the kind of view from speaking to people was, A, you know, Sassel's kind of like an institution. The public and private sector will move heaven and hell to make sure that it stays afloat. Now, post-Sunday, <laughs> everything's changed. So, I mean, is that still the case? Would... You know, I mean, I'm sure the government would not want to see Cecil go down. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the amount of people they employ in South Africa alone. I mean, can and you their size as a corporate taxpayer. Exactly. So, I, I think there's a lot of interest in keeping Cecil going, and and we want and we all other want companies. To I mean, look, can you? Is there scope for the for some sort of accommodation, I suppose, globally and locally. I mean, we've seen in the last couple of days the US and the UK announce absolutely massive fiscal packages. But there must be all sorts of kind of innovative ways in which companies could be cut some slack. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they are, but is there scope to do that? Are people looking at that? I mean, that obviously, like, I mean, a big theme of South Africa the last few months that we've been discussing is about the lack of like, fiscal space. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's been that's always been in the background. This is before Corona. Just like you know, managing day to day life, like you know, we were talking about downgrades and all these kind of things. So like in the context of this, then you put this on top. I mean, I mean, I mean the UK and the and the US. I mean they've they've also once tried to throw money at it. And like I mean, I mean the numbers that that you hear said they caught eye, eye, eye watering, man. But then if people can't shop, I mean Donald Trump is going to like fly everybody like or send everybody a check by post i mean they, they still can't they're still not going to go to the shop to buy anything with it so so like i said a lot of this so you, you see i mean i was thinking a thousand dollars per person mm. in this country that's the household income yeah, annually yeah, for a lot okay, of people so, we could have the thousand dollars so on some level you think okay that looks great makes good headlines but is it really going to make a difference in terms of because you hear what we're dealing here with when it's a health shock you know people not being able to actually go and do the things that they would normally do even if even if they had all the money in the world and the topic on everyone's lips is panic buying and which Woolworths is stocked out so i'm going to go around the table i have to say it does really seem to be a very upper end phenomenon because i went to the little spa around the corner and they had whatever i needed so clearly it's Woolworths that's no. been hit very hard and the upper end shops and in a way this this virus so far in South Africa is, has until certainly yesterday, been a, a, a sort of disease of the affluent, people bringing back from ski trips. Mm. I mean, isn't that, isn't, is it possible that we could contain it to that or is there no chance that we could be that successful? I don't think we can contain it to that. I mean, we've now had, as of this morning, 116 cases, of which 14 have been, 14 have been um, local transmission. Mm. So when and that that's double spreading, yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the president said 62 on, on Sunday, and then now, as of yesterday, last night, or as of this morning, it's 100 and whatever it is, 116, which is which is is I suppose fairly standard growth for for the epidemic, mm. but it is quite worrying still, and it does indicate that it's going to be very difficult to control it. I think the the, the key question there is which growth path are we going to follow? Like the, the the way the virus grew in Iran, China. The UK, Italy, Italy is the worst case Italy's kind of scenario. Very bad, yeah. um, and I'll be quite honest with you, I think we're at least two to three weeks ahead of where Italy, in terms of the way we've clamped down on, on domestic uh, kind of travel and you know closing the airport, we, we're at least maybe two weeks ahead of where Italy was. So I'm hoping that we don't have a situation like that. So I, I, I you know, it, it, it's still too like early to say, but of course, I mean, it's now here. So it is going to grow. The question is, can they slow it? And I think they have to, and, and that's flattening the curve. It's very difficult. One of, my, um, one of my friends whose who's relative is, is infected with it here, she, she just came back from Italy. And she said there's masses, there's, there's immense amount of people coming back to, to South Africa from different European countries. The flights are packed mm. to get back here before the travel ban, essentially before they were blocked from moving. So there's lots of people coming from those countries. I mean, the fact that we've had such a small proportion of local transmissions indicates how many people just absolutely came back to the country without a thought. I mean, it's amazing as well. I mean, I know a couple of people who've just come back. And, and to think of all these people who know left South Africa to go to greener pastures in the UK and think that was the best thing they ever done for themselves and their kids. And now they're rushing it back here, possibly to give us the disease. <laughs> and, and to spread it. And to when spread it gets it, into yeah, the yeah. taxis, it's, 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 if it gets into the taxis. And any kind of public talk. And the, the, the thing is, that's why I'm saying you know, this panic buying is, is it's actually criminal. You, you've got to think about the guy on the street who can actually, he, he's subsisting, like basically a hand to mouth. How is he going to stockpile? And you've got to think about every time you buy something, you say, now, come on, is it, if we, don't, if we all don't panic, 
Okay, we will have enough goods in in the stores. That that is the truth. There is the, we have st supply chains that can actually survive quite a bit. So what I'm trying to get is that people are being incredibly selfish, and and I think they should be ashamed of themselves. And also Actually, yeah, of sorry, 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 that's mm. a small thing like that I mean, like. I mean, if you're stockpiling all these things, it means somebody else can't have them. Yeah. And also, like, you know, the most vulnerable people are, tend to be the elderly. And, they and, they, they, and they're less able to actually stockpile because they can't go to pick and pay and carry, like, 20 kilograms of anything. So Isn't this going to be, look, a yeah. test, in a way, of whether we can get any sort of social consensus in South Africa? Because uh, it's been such a divided society. Now we've got stockpiling, which is really, yeah, as, you, as you will say, is, is a sort of really pretty... <laughs> pretty aggressive move yeah. against the poor if you like and and vulnerable people um but there's also there was also this case yesterday where, where the police had to arrest Somebody, some yeah, people exactly. who presumably also came back from europe or somewhere yeah. who escaped having been diagnosed with coronavirus and refused to be tested and there's there's a sort of i mean can south africans pull together and be responsible because if we can get that kind of social consensus on this then it feels to me like there is sort of hope. Yeah. I mean, you suppose you, you always get mixed signals here a little bit. I mean, you see the headlines, all the politicians saying we stand by the president and all his actions they is taken. They do come, uh, which, come which together is quite a positive morning. thing. But then on the other hand, you're seeing headlines about the unions saying we're going to go on strike and have like demonstrations over wages and this kind of things in the midst of this where everybody's saying, you know, he's just <laughs> at home. And actually people are constantly talking about well, they're going to have fewer than 100 people. We would <laughs> you know, have to know. Mm. I mean, I mean that, that sounds to me as extremely irresponsible in the midst of this. I know, like, I mean, they might have like grievances that are legitimate, but but to think this is a time to be having strikes and demonstrations, is, I, I, I can't think of anything more yeah. irresponsible. Irresponsible is, is the word. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Lucanio spoke about about this this gathering of political parties this morning, where everyone unusually supported mm -hmm. the president. I mean, what's your sort of political take on, on the politics of it so far? Do you agree with Nick that, uh, that, that Cyril did pretty well on Sunday night? And yeah, I mean, since Sunday night, have we had the sort of follow-up that we would hope for? He did very well. I mean, he was, he was 90 minutes late to speak, which wasn't great. When he did speak, though, he spoke reassuringly, calmly. There was a sense that he was in charge. I think it was his most impressive, one of his most impressive public interactions so far. And, and I think that was the common consensus. It, it, it bolstered his position and illustrated that when he does need to act, he really can act. Mm -hmm. so, so this inertia on other issues looks, by comparison, quite starkly revealed. But part of his strength in this has been how the Department of Health and Zuelem Kiza have moved, supported by the NICD, um, which has done very well. Having said that, yesterday, for example, they didn't release the figures um, until, until, until midnight. Um, so I don't think they're, they're on, as on top of it as they should be. Other countries, I think of the countries that have more than 70 infections, uh, we one of only three that didn't release the figures every day. And I feel like they need to up their game and realize the public is very anxious about this. Um, and it's fine for them to know what's going on. The public needs to know what's mm. going on. They had been pretty good. I wondered, you know, I, it, it seemed to me that Sunday evening was an act of particularly unusual decisiveness on the part mm -hmm. of the president. It didn't look like he sought everybody's consensus and had a social compact. He made the decisions, were supported by Mukise and a couple of others, yeah. and he did it. Then we went back to having lots of meetings. I mean, is there a danger that the decisiveness and resolve mm -hmm. and on top of it that was shown on Sunday night may actually, look, and you get sort of diluted as it goes into this whole process all over again of getting everybody 
No, definitely. Like I mean, like like everybody else, I, mean, I think I, I was pleasantly surprised about how quickly we moved ahead in this in this thing. I mean, Nick mentioned the example of the UK, for example. I mean, the UK government was still not long, not long ago talking about letting people get infected. You know, like I think I think one of the top big doctors there called it like a policy of surrender. Basically, say leave all the old what people. What is it called? Herd immunity. Yeah, yeah. 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 leave all the old people to themselves and hope everybody else. It was Monty Python. It's just wheel out your old people and yeah, you know. I mean, I think there's a headline in the Guardian. Yeah, was with somebody like a specialist called it a policy of surrender. Basically, I mean, I think like we. I mean, I don't think we can be accused of that. I mean, I mean, obviously, we hope like this thing doesn't overwhelm us. And 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 as you said, we're crucial to to keep going. And this route and, and do the things that need to be done, and not think you're going to get some you know, consensus on everything. I mean, this is this is actually a time, basically like a time of war. You know, you don't go it's and a consult time of war. everyone. You need you, leadership. You, you, yeah, you, you, need, to, you need to take action. Mm. I mean, if you approve later on that maybe you overreacted and you damage the economy, by then that's fine. It's better to be wrong mm. that way than that negative decision that leads to millions of people being dead. That's <laughs> a know? good description of war footing. Mm. I mean, mm. Nicholson. What are our chances of getting? You were saying we're getting on top of this, but I, were we? And I do. Yeah. Look, the thing is, my gut feeling, and I mean, this is not based on any science, is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But in South Africa, <laughs> yes, it will get better, uh, worse. I mean, we're going to maybe see um, some numbers exploding. But I do believe that we've, we've we've taken the right steps to begin with now, and now, and I think what we've got to do, we've got to up education like about washing hands everywhere i'm talking radio and presumably we also have to make sure that people have got soap and yeah. water because yeah. that's yeah. one yeah. of the constraints in south africa yeah, yeah. yeah. Water, the actual infrastructure and water running water soap even so i mean especially when people have been trying to buy all of them I'm just okay. <laughs> that's that which and also let's let's also as, as South Africans we've got to actually look out for each other and actually say hey man do I really need to get 5,000 soaps when I can yeah. just buy one omelet I, I think, also, I, I think okay. you, know, you make a good point there I mean the, the one big slogan has been used over the years African solutions for African problems and I think this is a way it could actually apply I mean like you know, to give the advice from Europe self-isolate to somebody who lives in a shack with 10 other people mm. <laughs> you know that's that's completely useless advice is it as you said you know like all oh, people who don't have access to water mm. or access to uh, access to like not to, to these kind of things we have sanit sanitizers and, and they've got no, op no options of actually being able to access them so we do need to think of innovative ways yeah like, you know, the idea of just you know we're just going to look at what they're advising in the uk and export it to alexandra that's not going to work you know we need to think much i hope creatively. i do hope that uh, people in the public and the private sector, especially the private sector, actually are starting to think about how you might um, extend services which, which could remedy some of those, mm. those constraints. But in the meantime, going back to sort of more uh, macroeconomic kind of issues, Monetary Policy Committee meeting tomorrow, people also talking about some kind of word from Treasury. Um, interest rate cuts seem inevitable. Rob Rose is there going to be an interest rate cut? Is it going to be 25? Is it going to be 50? Is it going to be 100? What well, happens if there's no cut? You are, you are more the experts. <laughs> but I would, definitely, I would definitely say at least 50 tomorrow. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that, that has to happen. Um, but, you know, I, in terms of what that does in the longer term, I'm not sure we've... This is a devastating, a devastating couple of months, couple of weeks. And that coming... You know, the US had a lot more fiscal scope to do what they're doing interventions we can make we have we have monetary policy that's about it we have very little fiscal room to do anything um so we must use the levers we have wisely i think mm -hmm. um your sense of it i mean is it 50 50 basis points i wouldn't have said so until until now but yeah and also we get you know in, in the chances are that the economy is going to be so weak 
that mm. um, that you get a very little demand pressure. And with the oil price, uh, you could get simply an inflation justification for a cut. I'll be very, very interesting to s interested to see what their inflation mm. projections are in the mm. new world of oil and the new world of growth and what their growth projections are because the economists I'm speaking to are going, you know, as even as of Sunday, people were going to zero. Now it's how minus will the economy be because mm. we've got... I think we are unusual in that, in, that, in that we've got a crisis coming on top of an economy that already mm. was in crisis. Yeah. So I don't know, Lucanio, um, 50, 25? I mean, I, I, mean, I think, I, I imagine we're going to get some quite strong messages. I think there definitely is going to be a cut of some sort. Obviously, there's an there's a economic thing that you've covered quite thoroughly. But there's also the issue of like markets that are, you know, what, what happens to the rent? I mean, like our bond yields shot up to almost 11% yesterday. Which makes it very expensive yeah, for government to borrow, so know, we've got even less know, fiscal things, space. Like, you know, yeah. we, we the, <laughs> I mean, we still need to attract that foreign, and the foreign well, money. And the that's surely, that's going to be their problem, yeah. right? I mean, tomorrow, uh, with, yeah. the, with the Monetary Policy Committee, because the RAND is tanking, so yeah. that will put some inflation pressure yeah. on us. Exactly. Even if, even, if, even if it's just merely like, like short-term volatility in the markets, like, I mean, do we, even, I, I don't remember like a time when you were having this kind of dislocation in the, the year of our central bank coming to cut rates, because no, 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 you go back to the stars era when rates went up to 20%, which are totally useless anyway. But to think like uh, this environment. But then on the other hand, everybody else is cutting. So mm. our differential should actually still be okay. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, on yeah. that level. On that, so, 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 so it's not as risky as it would have been otherwise. But, but I would still think you know, with bond yields shorting up to 11%, the rent where it is In other now. words, long, long borrowing is going up, so, yeah. and now you're taking short borrowing down, yeah. so that's an issue. Nick Wilson, what's your bet on, on interest rates? I think they have to do something. They have to be seen to be doing something. So they're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. They don't, uh, they don't do anything. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. And if they do, it's going to be bad. Just which one is going to be worse? I mean, I would hate to be making that decision. I, I, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, how do you, you know, I mean, how do you make that decision? I mean, I mean, we, we are in, I mean, the economy is at its worst level since the early 90s, as it, as it, as it stands, without corona. We're going to have so to wrap up there. But thank you very much for joining us. Note. <laughs> 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 On that bleak Sorry. note. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And um, we'll try and keep it going, but no promises. <laughs>